Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Today's special guest host, Jeffrey Wright. Ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you, wherever you may be. Big weekend here on the sports calendar. If you were somebody that had damage over the weekend from the storms, I hope that you have made it through. We'll get into the best and worst of the weekend to start because it was a loaded sports weekend. Grizzlies split the weekend. Doesn't quite tell the story. We'll start with the Grizzlies. Drew Hill's going to join the program here in about 30 minutes or so. We'll get his thoughts on the Grizzlies weekend. Chris Harrington, as always, will join us at 10 o'clock. Matt Imans of VSIN will join us to talk about the national championship game tonight. UConn and San Diego State will battle it out. We'll talk about, of course, the Final Four as well when we get into best and worst of the weekend. We'll get into the one story you've been waiting for, then we'll get out of here. But I thought first, let's start first with what happened over the weekend. And again, when you get the storms like we had on Friday night, it's kind of a interesting reminder of the power of tornadoes, the power of these extreme high winds, and the randomness of it all. Obviously, with what happened in Mississippi and Alabama the week prior, It felt like everybody was on edge, and it was one of those weird situations where, depending on where you were on Friday night, it seemed to impact how you thought about the weekend. For example, at my house, which is out in East Memphis, we had maybe a limb or two down, 
But when you woke up on Saturday morning, you didn't really notice anything whatsoever. My wife's, one of her best friends came over to our house on Sunday, and she lives out around where our studio is, and she was showing us video and photos of all the damage from around here, kind of Sea Island, so the studio by the freeways, as Eric used to refer to it. We're out right here basically at 240 and Perkins, kind of that exit. And driving into work today, you just see these 200-year-old oaks that are just completely uprooted. The offices where our studio is has trees down everywhere. Willow Park has backstops on the softball fields just completely torn down. And it's just a reminder of kind of the randomness of it all. So if everybody, if you were in an area that was affected, I hope everything is okay. I believe we're now getting power restored and whatnot. So hope everybody stayed safe out there. So then let's start Friday night with the Grizzlies because it felt like both Friday and Sunday's games mirrored each other, but in the opposite way. So the Grizzlies have, on Friday night, maybe one of their worst first quarters we've seen all year. They get it in gear during the second quarter, and at one point it looked like they were going to flip the script going from one of their largest deficits that we've seen all year to a franchise record for a margin of victory when trailing by 20 points or more. It ended up not being so. The Grizzlies win 108-94, but it was just an interesting way in which the script flips. The Grizzlies put up 21 points in the first quarter. At one point, they were down 34-14. They closed the first quarter on a 7-0 run to get it back within 13, and then their second quarter, they outscore the the Clippers 34-17, largely behind the efforts of Luke Kennard, who went four of six from three. And then you're starting to have visions of grandeur with what Luke Kennard can be, particularly as a shooter, because he has just continued this hot streak, and you're now starting to think, maybe is this the difference that the Grizzlies have not had? They're going to have a pure three-point shooter that is going to be able to hit big shots in big moments, and give the Grizzlies what they need. Second half was a little bit more... Second half was a little... The third quarter was obviously big for the Grizzlies. They have another 10-point advantage in that quarter. And it was a little bit more even scoring at that point because the Grizzlies, despite putting up 31 points, only one three was made the entire third quarter. It was Desmond Baines... Three, but they put up 31, and you could tell that they were really starting to lock in defensively. They give themselves the six point, 16 point lead heading into the fourth quarter, and then the fourth quarter ends up being essentially a wash, and the game was put away late in the fourth after the Clippers make kind of a furious run with about three minutes left. So you're feeling pretty good after Friday night. The Grizzlies move to 49 and 28. And then when you woke up on Sunday, I believe Mark even put it out on Twitter, you're starting to recognize the Grizzlies are just as close to first place as they are to third place. And you're starting to wonder, well, 
maybe if if the Nuggets continue to struggle down the stretch, maybe the Grizzlies can make a push for the one. You were really starting to consider that during the first half yesterday against the Bulls. And then, unfortunately, the third quarter happens, and then the fourth quarter happens. And when you think about the game in terms of how it played out, a couple of things stood out to me. The Grizzlies obviously took care of the basketball in the first half. I'm listening to Eric yesterday during the first half, and one of the things that he kept harping on was the Grizzlies are just playing very clean basketball. They only had two turnovers, and I believe those both occurred late. But the other thing that was very obvious during the first half is the Grizzlies probably masked some of their defensive deficiencies with just how incredibly they shot the basketball. Dylan Brooks goes three of six from three. Jaron, three of five from three. Dez hits a three. Ja hits a three. Kennard hits two threes. The Grizzlies go 13 of 25 from three in the first half. I think largely the way that they shot the basketball masked maybe some of the things that they were doing on the defensive end, which was, quite frankly, not getting a ton of stops. The other thing that kind of stood out in the first half was DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine had very, very poor starts, particularly shooting the basketball. The Bulls go 44% in the first half and just 5 of 16 from 3 for 31% in the first half. And then the third quarter got going, and this is where you started to see the issues for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies turned it over eight times alone in the third quarter. They gave up 16 points on those eight turnovers. They get outscored 40-16. to 16. It goes from thinking this is going to be an easy win for the Grizzlies and they're going to cruise to a nice road win before they come home for their final home game of the year. Regular season, I should say. And then the game just completely flips. And then also, in the second half, what you started to see was Levine and DeRozan just started to get going. After shooting just 44% in the first half, the Bulls shoot 63% in the third quarter alone, putting up 40 points, forcing the Grizzlies to face a deficit that they were not expecting in the fourth quarter. I think the other issue that we started to see with the Grizzlies, and this is not a new issue, but it's certainly something that I think is being emphasized even more, it's Jaron Jackson's foul trouble. If you just look at the final stat line, Jaron puts up 31 on 5 of 8 from 3, 11 of 20 from the floor, perfect from the free throw line, grabs 8 boards, has a block, And at times, it felt like there was nothing the Bulls could do, particularly to stop him on the offensive end. But the stat line that I kind of really focus on, every other starter gets above 30 minutes. And Jaron last night finishes with 29-38 because he largely spent the second half in foul trouble. He would have fouled out if Taylor Jenkins doesn't challenge a call and allow him to stay on the floor more. 
So the Grizzlies cut it to three late the fourth, and you're thinking, okay, if they can just keep going, just keep going, they can hang in there. Credit to the Bulls. They immediately responded with a run of their own. Get the game back up up into double figures before closing out with a 128-107 win. But the story, I think from yesterday in particular, that is something to watch, at least something to note, is are the Grizzlies going to take care of the basketball? Because when they don't, you can tell these teams are now fighting fire with fire with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies like to create turnovers themselves and get the pace to their liking. Well, the Bulls decided to play that game with them, force the turnovers, and the Grizzlies could not keep up. They were not getting their defense set, and the Bulls just absolutely took over from that point. The other thing, though, that is something to watch, if you're going to need guys like Luke Kennard on the floor, if you're going to need Tyus with the starters, even in particular with Ja, we saw that yesterday. We saw a Tyus-Ja lineup to close the game. It's not going to be one of your better defensive lineups. And further, when you're going to have weaker defenders on the perimeter, it's going to force Jaron, who has to cover up so many mistakes defensively for the Grizzlies, it's probably going to force him into foul trouble. He's having to rotate a lot. He's having to make up for the mistakes of others. And if that's going to keep putting him in these pressure spots, Jaron at this point has not proven that he can stay out of foul trouble. The other thing, though, that I thought was a little bit interesting is going back to Friday night. After the game, Ja had this to say. And it was kind of an interesting look into where the Grizzlies currently are. For me, it's getting used to pretty much not being the main option. Just finding my spots. We got Jaron and Dez who have took over that role for us. For me, just getting them the ball. And then when I get my chance, just take it. I think what's going to be an interesting development for the Grizzlies is determining the pecking order. Because you could kind of feel this in the second half. Ja finishes with a triple-double, but I didn't necessarily felt like feel like that told the story. He felt pretty passive for much of the game yesterday. Now... He still finishes with the second most shots for the Grizzlies. He took 16 shots. Jaron took 20. Dylan takes 15. And Dez takes 12. But I didn't necessarily feel like that told the story. Are the Grizzlies going to be able to reach their ceiling if Ja Morant is playing like your third option? It's actually just a question because from a shooting perspective, you can understand why he's being deferential to Desmond, why he's being deferential to Jaren. 
I just wonder, though, is is that the best of John Morant? John Morant is a attacking point guard. He's someone that has to get going. It also makes you realize that while maybe it felt like at times reinserting Ja into the lineup felt like it should be something that should be fairly seamless. I think we're seeing it's it's clearly there is an adjustment period for the Grizzlies in trying to determine just how the offense is going to flow. The Grizzlies are still going to have four games to figure it out. Are they going to use all four? I don't know. Because that's kind of the other interesting aspect is, okay, well, now let's take a look at the standings. The Grizzlies, and I think Gary Darby said this post-game yesterday, and I, I thought he pretty much hit the nail on the head. With that loss yesterday, I think the Grizzlies can go ahead and put up, put away any aspirations that they had of perhaps sneaking their way up into the one. But one thing that was helpful yesterday, the San Antonio Spurs did the Grizzlies a solid. The Spurs knock off the Kings, and the Grizzlies maintain their two-game advantage over the Kings. And now they set up a situation where the magic number is now very much in sight because the Grizzlies, with four to play, have a two-game lead. For the Grizzlies to get past, the Grizzlies are going to have to go at least 2-2, two and two, while the Kings would go 4-0. Seems unlikely at this point. However, it should be noted, the final home game of the year against Portland last night, according to reports, no one could find a bigger upset than Portland upsetting Minnesota as a 19.5-point underdog. As far back as people could track, that is the biggest upset that we've seen with the Trailblazers. Having lost 11 of 12, no Dame Lillard, down four starters, they knock off the Timberwolves. And now it sets up this fascinating picture in the bottom part of the West. The Clippers, the Warriors, and the Lakers, as well as the Pelicans, are with all in a half game of one another. Currently, as it stands, the Clippers are in the five seed with the Warriors at the six, the Lakers and Pelicans a half game behind. The Lakers have the tiebreaker against the Warriors and the Pelicans. However, the Clippers have the tiebreaker against the Lakers. This final week and seeing how the jockeying is going to play out I mean, at certain points, it feels like you're just having to, to keep a notebook to determine all the tiebreakers. And so that is going to be another thing to watch as the season plays out because it feels like most people are trying to get to that sixth spot. It also begs the question, what's the best matchup for the Grizzlies? Because right now, if the playoffs were to begin, the Lakers would host the Pelicans in the play-in and the winner would come to Memphis. Anthony Davis is playing incredibly, despite having a banged-up ankle. 
and the Lakers in their last 10 are 7-3, and three, and they've won three straight. So now it sets up the possibility of a first-round matchup against LeBron and AD. It's something we'll talk about with Drew Hill because Drew believes that that is the worst matchup for the Grizzlies just on the simple fact that if AD and LeBron get going, there aren't many teams that have two guys like that the rest of the way. So let's get into some of the other things that happened over the weekend. Friday night, I think, was one of those fun nights that you see in sports where some of my favorite nights are the nights where everyone ends up watching the same thing. And obviously, when it's a Grizzlies playoff game, we always know everyone here is watching the Grizzlies playoff games. But I enjoy sometimes when it's events that maybe everyone didn't foresee and you just wind up realizing, like, oh, everybody's watching this. And I thought Friday night was one of those examples when Iowa was playing South Carolina in the late game of the Final Four. And the thing that was incredible about that game is it was very obvious who had the better roster. South Carolina clearly has the better roster, but we saw one of those unique moments in sports where the other team had the best player. And Caitlin Clark's performance on Friday night was exactly what you want your best player, your superstar. If you have a team, it's exactly what you want that player to do. She was demanding the ball. She was taking over the game. And the other thing that really stood out to me about her performance on Friday night, it felt like she was playing at a completely different speed than everyone else on the floor. South Carolina, the unquestioned best team of the entire year, really of the last three years. They're undefeated. They have athletes all over the floor, and it felt like Caitlin Clark was the one that was controlling the game. The other thing that you saw from her was basically just refusing to lose the basketball game, demanding the ball, willing her team. And then I thought the other thing that was impressive, when it got down the stretch and she had to make clutch free throws, she did it. Obviously, that led to what we saw yesterday when LSU knocks off Iowa to win a national championship. I think if you're someone that's been watching the entire women's tournament, Kim Mulkey has probably been giving us a few hints about how she felt about her team's chances because I don't think you would wear some of the outfits. Again, I'm not fashion forward like some of those, but they did feel like even from, from the fashion philosophy, they felt like very ostentatious outfits. I don't think you're wearing that, those outfits if you're a little bit concerned about your team's chances. And we saw during this tournament that they've been one of the best teams, and then yesterday they do what they did. Which, of course, inevitably brings us to what happens when everyone's watching the game at the same time. Somebody fixates on something that the players do, and we decide to, I think, turn it into an argument that no one was really having. Caitlin Clark all year has done the John Cena, you can't see me. For those that are not wrestling fans, it's literally just putting your hand in front of your face, and it, it's exactly what you think it is. You can't see me. To be clear, if you're going to do the you can't see me, 
you are opening yourself up to have it thrown back at you. Well, that's exactly what LSU did. The thing that was exhausting from this weekend, though, was it then turned into some type of discussion that I don't think people were actually having. It seemed like people were jumping to the the rebuttal before anyone even made the point. I think most people that were watching were like, well, yeah, if you're going to do that, like, yeah, okay, you open yourself up. But now people started to be like, well, you're upset at her for doing that. It's like, no, we're not, we're not upset. It just felt like people were trying to jump to some rebuttal of an argument that had not actually occurred. Then we had the men's final four this weekend. And no question, one of the games of the tournament has to be San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. You get Lamont Butler's buzzer beater in which I'm still not clear if he knew how much time was on the clock. He said he did. He obviously hits the big shot from the baseline, and San Diego State is rolling on, and they'll play UConn tonight. I think, though, the thing that really surprised me, and credit to San Diego State, when you were watching the first half and you realized that Florida Atlantic was able to get it going offensively, putting up another 40 points in the first half, I really started to think, okay, this is going to be San Diego State's kryptonite. They're going to have to go out and score in the second half, and I'm not really sure they can do it. The second half doesn't even start their way. Florida Atlantic extends the lead and gets up 14 with basically a little under 14 minutes, yet they just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, And then the irony to me is they were able to get the stop on the defensive end. They don't take a timeout. They don't let Florida Atlantic get set. And then they had to make a shot to win the game. And Lamont Butler did so. It sets up a fascinating matchup tonight with UConn because I think it's fair to say throughout the tournament, these have been the two most impressive teams. When you look at what San Diego State has done to some of the most prolific offenses we've seen all year, what they did at Alabama. Honestly, you can even go back to the first weekend. Furman had one of the best offenses that we've seen this year in college basketball from an efficiency standpoint, and they made them look like they had no business being on the floor. They then turn in Alabama's worst offensive performance of the year. Then in the Elite Eight, they hold Creighton into the 50s, And then they needed to clamp down on FAU in the second half. And after giving up 40 in the first half, they limit them to 31. And they hit all three shots in the final minute to prevail. And then you see with UConn, yet again, they find a way to limit a prolific offense. Miami, for the most part, other than really the first 30 minutes against Drake, In this tournament, offensively, they've been able to do whatever they wanted. Well, that was not the case when they took on UConn. UConn never trailed the entire game, and you found yourself just being overwhelmed. 
And so I think it sets up a fascinating matchup tonight because on the one hand, this feels like the two best teams. But if UConn were to prevail and win in the fashion that we've seen them win pretty much the entire tournament, I think it's going to beg the question, was this tournament as wide open as we thought, or was UConn a team that spent the early portion of the season looking as impressive as any, but once they got into conference play, hit a lull, and that cost them in seeding, but they've woken up in the tournament, and we're starting to see, were they really maybe the best team all year, but they just didn't prove it until the final moments, until the tournament. And now they have their opportunity to do so. But the other thing that's clearly the biggest story, yet again, two teams that are full of veterans, full of guys that have played a lot of minutes, maybe not full of lottery picks. With Hawkins and UConn, it seems to be kind of beauties in the eye of the beholder, but it doesn't seem that he's going to be a top 10 pick. Maybe late lottery, first rounder, but Neither of these teams are going to be filled with that. Yet here they are because both teams clearly have an identity. And I think that's the more fascinating thing to watch. We also had Mania weekend this weekend. And overall, I was I gave it thumbs up. I admit I'm kind of a sucker for Mania. When you get the big spectacle and whatnot, my dumb brain just kind of goes into it. But the one thing that I did want to discuss, if you did not see it, and it's been going around because now the WWE is reportedly going to sell to Endeavor, Ari Emanuel's agency. They own UFC, and they're going to combine the UFC and the WWE into another company. I'm not going to bore you with the details. I just want to get to the the nitty-gritty. Vince McMahon's making the rounds, and I'm noticing today what people did not notice on Friday night. So Vince, with the great Muta, he takes a picture with Triple H and the great Muta at the Hall of Fame. And Vince is debuting a new look. Vince has dyed his hair and is sporting a pencil-thin mustache. My first thought when I saw it was, oh my God, Vince is going to make his public reemergence as he's trying to close the deal on selling his company, and he's saying, give me the Walt Disney. Like, literally, he looks like Walt Disney. Not a Disney look, the person. And he has been just sporting and wearing this look almost as if, like, we're the ones that are somewhat curious. Like, we're, we're the ones with the problems. Like, no, you, you're debuting this look. This isn't on us, or this isn't on us, this is on you. But it's been something to behold. All right, when we come back, let's get back into the Grizzlies. Drew, of course, covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian. He's going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on everything we saw this weekend. Chris Harrington's going to join us as well. Matt Umans will discuss college basketball with us during our number two. Stick around, you'll listen to the Jeff Calkins Show right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Just a crib with that QL. Baseball is here, so let's try and find some early trends that we can follow all season. Last season, the Houston Astros were 102-63 and 10 to the under. So you'd have only lost 36% of your under bets 
all year, including in the playoffs. This year, that's right. They went under again on opening day. Great pitching is the key to this trend, and Houston has picked up right where they left off. Bet Astros unders all year long. I'm Trista Crick, helping you beat the books. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Final game of the tournament is here. There's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. If it wins, great, pocket the money. If not, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S, C-A-L-K-I-N-S, and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. All on an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Again, it's FanDuel.com, Calkins, C-A-L-K-I-N-S. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only, $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Hey, everybody. This is Andrew Filipponi here bringing you the parlay of the day brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The odds are out for Thursday's Masters Tournament. We've seen a change at the top. Rory McIlroy has overtaken Scotty Scheffler as the odds-on favorite to win the event. McIlroy defeated Scheffler head-to-head at the World Golf Match Play event in Austin last week. John Rahm is the third best odds in the event at plus 850, followed by Jordan Spieth at 17 to 1. Cam Smith has the best odds of any live golfer in the field at 21 to 1. And if you want to go crazy, Tiger Woods is 55 to 1. This will be his second event of the year. He made the cut at Augusta last year. 
That's it for the parlay of the day. Brought to you by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel app today and make every moment more with America's number one sports book. 21 plus at President Tennessee. Bonus issued is normal drawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call T and Redline. 1-800-889-9789. Hey, Brad. I thought you had a date. Hey, Mom. She just left. Using my phone for a Wi-Fi hotspot backfired again. I keep telling you to get Xfinity. What happened? Everything was great until the movie started buffering. Then she started asking questions like, why are you using bedsheets for curtains? Why is this hamster cage so dirty? Where is your hamster? Oh, honey, it might be time for real Wi-Fi. Yeah. In the meantime, can I come use the Wi-Fi at your place? Sorry, baby. Date night's still on for one of us. It's time for real home internet. Get fast home internet on the Xfinity 10G network. The future starts now. New customers can get 200 megabit Xfinity internet and Xfinity mobile for just $50 a month for two years during our Xfinity 10G network launch celebration. Now through April 23rd. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G to learn more. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and devices. Actual speeds vary. Xfinity mobile requires Xfinity internet service. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of data usage. Data thresholds may vary. Hi, guys. It's Mark. Are you struggling with erectile dysfunction? Did you know that a major medical breakthrough is now available and it isn't a pill? Today, Monday, we're running a one-day special you won't want to miss out on. River Ridge Medical Clinic uses the most powerful form of wave therapy. This is a technology clinically shown to repair blood vessels and improve blood flow. It's backed by 60 clinical studies, including from Cambridge. If you're ready to regain that spark in the bedroom, today is your day. Call us now and you'll qualify for the assessment and ultrasound totally free. You'll also get a gift that can produce rapid and powerful results in the bedroom in minutes. You're going to love that one, guys. Trust me. And today only, we're offering five tune-up treatments to our patients free. This is an unprecedented offer worth hundreds of dollars, but call today and qualify totally free. Call 901-672-2000. That's 901-672-2000. Guys, put a stop to your erectile dysfunction and get your life back. Call River Ridge Medical Clinic now to qualify. This offer ends today. 901-672-2000. Cool fall evenings have finally arrived. Is your furnace ready? With a simple phone call to Landmark Heating and Air, you can ensure your home comfort system is operating at peak efficiency. Our central heating system tune-up ensures your furnace is operating safely and efficiently and reduces the likelihood of a breakdown so you can enjoy worry-free comfort all season long. And for every tune-up scheduled in October, we'll donate $10 to the Mid-South Food Bank. Schedule your tune-up today at 365-4260 or visit us at LandmarkHeatingAndAir.com. We're talking with Justin Wynn, the GM of Red River Ford Toyota in Wynn. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Dennis. It's good to be here. I'm glad to be on Memphis Radio. I tell you, we've got a lot of good things going on. For the last couple of years, you've seen dealers battle the shortage of new car inventory. You've seen prices on new cars going up. Well, those days are coming in. We've been able to build a supply of new car inventory sitting here on the lot. So you're actually able to come by, look at vehicles, drive vehicles, push the button, smell that new car smell. I've got plenty of new Toyotas sitting here in stock. I've got new Fords sitting here in stock. I have access to over 700 quality pre-owned vehicles. So if you don't see something that's going to fit your needs and wants, please let us know. More than likely, we have that at one of our other locations. I'll deliver it straight to your driveway, just like I will with any vehicle purchase. There's no need to cross the river and come over, but you do need to give us a call. 870-238-7770. And of course, we're always open at RedRiverFordToyota.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website. They turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, and increase in organic search visibility, and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue, and results. Visit AmericanEagle.com. P.F. Chang's and AmericanEagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world. Turning to the best in the business for websites, go to AmericanEagle.com or call 877-WEB-NOW-1. That's 877-WEB-NOW-1. Some people don't do well under pressure. At Northern Tool and Equipment, we do it best. Whether you're spraying down the shop or getting the winter grime off your house, a Northern Tool pressure washer says you're serious about spring cleaning. From an all-electric power horse to a Honda-powered North Star, we'll help you build your perfect cold or hot water package with all the chemicals, attachments, and everything you need for the job ahead. Northern Tool and Equipment, we're made for this. Come see us in-store or shop online at northerntool.com. If thrilling slot machine action is your game, the all-new Southland Casino Hotel is just the place. With a two-and-a-half football field-long casino floor, Southland offers the most Buffalo and Dragon Link slot machines in the Mid-South. Our new Buffalo range section is home to hundreds of the most popular Buffalo slot titles. Plus, we feature Dragon Link, Dragon Cash, and other fiery favorites. With 2,400 machines to choose from, slot some time in your day for Southland. Plan your trip at southlandcasino.com. Must be 21-plus. Play responsibly. For help quitting, call 800-522-4700. Life is fast and furious. Sometimes you need a boost. The Shotners can help with Lipo B12 injections, increase energy, improve mood and sleep. It even helps with allergies. Or boost your immune system with our Triimmune Booster, packed with vitamin C and zinc. It gives your body a head start at fighting off illness. With three locations throughout the Mid-South, we can get you in and out quickly. The Shot Nurse is your wise choice. Protection you need with a personal touch. The Shot Nurse. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Hawkins Show. Live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Bike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Today's special guest host, Jeffrey Wright. Drew Hill's the Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian. You can read all his coverage over at DailyMemphian.com from the weekend. Kind enough to join us here on this Monday. I guess, Drew, let's start here. It felt like both Friday and Sunday were kind of mirror image games. It's just with the different results. How did you see how this weekend played out for the Grizzlies? Well, I think they showed their their spurtability on offense um, for sure. They also showed that they can kind of come apart pretty quickly. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. Like when those guys 
have it rolling, particularly Luke and yeah. uh, Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain, it's like they're never out of a game because they can just put a 30 to 10 run on you in a blink and here they are back in the game. And so they're down 20 against the Clippers early in the early going. And you're almost like, Oh boy, this looks like it's going to be a clunker. And it was just astounding how fast that game flipped, um, how quickly it just felt like the Grizzlies were in control all of a sudden after spotting them 20 points. And it was almost the exact opposite on Sunday in Chicago. It was astounding how quickly it came apart after such an impressive first half. And I think that's a little concerning. I think, uh, you know, if you're going into the playoffs wanting to, to be a team that can contend, you need to be able to play a full 48 minutes well. And they haven't really been doing that lately, and it has been getting away with it because they've been so – flammable on offense where they could just heat up at any time. But man, when it when they put the fire out in Chicago, it was out. Like that was one of the, the worst halves I think I've seen the Grizzlies play all season. So obviously it's a little bit discouraging. Um I think they have some searching to do as they enter these last four games of the regular season. They got lucky that the Spurs beat the Kings uh yesterday. I think that was kind of the, the question that I was weighing with as as I was watching it. Does this team have defensive issues if Jaron's not on the floor, or is it a situation where when you turn the basketball over like they did, particularly in the third quarter, there is no defense for that? Like that—that that was kind of the issue that I was weighing. Yeah, I think their their offense contributed to those defensive issues too. Like, obviously, if you're going to give the ball away that many times and they're going to score that many easy baskets that really hurts Memphis's offense because then you got to take it out of the net and you're not getting stops and you're not getting a chance to get in transition. And like, to sc- I, I, I briefly tried last night to try to figure out if this was the first time all season that they'd scored zero points off of turnovers I'm assuming that it was. I didn't have the time to go through and search. I couldn't couldn't find a way to figure it out. But for the Bulls to have only three turnovers is crazy. And there's some debate as to how many turnovers they actually had in that game, by the way. For them to have three is crazy. And for the Grizzlies to score zero uh, points off of turnovers in the entire game is even crazier. And so um, I, I, that that to me was like a – it was as if the the poor offense, the poor decision making on offense, really hurt their defense more than anything else. Um, and you know, typically it can be the other way around for the Grizzlies. Like, you know, it's it's their it's their defense that hurts their offense. But uh, but I think it was the opposite on Sunday. Yeah, that was kind of the other thing that was interesting to me. It almost felt like the Bulls were fighting fire with fire. It's like the Bulls basically played the Grizzlies game and beat them at it in the second half. And like that that was interesting to me because we don't see a lot of teams that are able to do that. Yeah, and I think that the Grizzlies like they just were completely out of sync there. It was you know, I think it has not been it, it, it did go very smoothly at first when Ja was reintegrated uh into the offense and, and you know back with the team. And I think that they did learn some valuable lessons over that stretch. 
And it was interesting to hear Josh say the other night that what he needs to do for win, for them to win is to, to be the third option behind Bain and behind Jackson. Well, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Um, but I do think that they do, they need to have some sort of variety, right? Like variety really helps in these situations because instead of give the ball to John and get out of the way late in the game, which worked last season, but hasn't really worked this season, it's just run your offense. And I felt like last night or last afternoon, they, you know, they got away from that a bit. Yeah. It was just like somebody go to the basket. Let's all just dribble around on the perimeter and somebody try to make a play. They're at their best when they're running sets. They're getting them to work when Luke and when Desmond are making shots. And so um, they they need to find a better rhythm there. Um, I, I'm not overly concerned. It was one bad game in a stretch of a lot of pretty good games for the Grizzlies, but it was kind of all of your concerns wrapped into one game, which I guess made it feel particularly discouraging. No, I, I think that's fair. Of all the discouraging things this weekend, and I don't even really know how to categorize this, so I'll ask you. After Friday night, Josh says, you know, he brings up the he brings up kind of what it's like to being reinserted into the lineup. For me, it's getting used to pretty much not being the main option. Just finding my spots. We got Jaron and Dez who have took who have took over that role for us. For me, it's just getting them the ball, and then when I get my chance, just take it. What did you make of that? Because at times yesterday, like if you just look at the stat line, you're like, well, Ja had a triple double. It did feel like, particularly in the second half, he felt very passive. And, and to me, this kind of lines up with what he was saying Friday night. How did you take it? Yeah, I mean, I pushed him a little bit more on those questions too, and he said something along the lines of, "That's what I. That's what we have to do for for us to win." Um, and I do like. I actually kind of agree with Ja, um, and I kind of and I do believe, as I just said, that variety is the best option for the Grizzlies, especially in the fourth quarter. That it doesn't need to be Ja at the head of the snake, leading the charge for everybody else. I mean, that's sometimes that works because he's a tremendous player, but it works best, in my opinion when it's Ja, Dez, and Jaron all working together as a trio, getting shots for each other, um, as opposed to playing isolation ball and somebody go to the basket and try to score. And so I do think Ja's kind of right about that. Like, he is not the main option. He needs to be one of a trio of options, I feel like. And that, that way, the Grizzlies are best set up to succeed. And he seems to be accepting of that, which I, I think that's all like a good thing. Now you don't want him to lose his aggressiveness completely. And I don't necessarily worry that Jaws going to lose his aggressiveness, especially come playoff time. Right. Because that's just naturally who he is. Um, and I just think that they played a rough game yesterday. I mean, I don't know if that quote is like sitting in the back of his head and that's what's, that's why that was, you know, part of the problem or whatever. I don't know. I think it was something that he said um, in passing. And I also think that it was something that he, he definitely meant because he said it was a big adjustment. Like it's been a big adjustment for me. Um, I, and so I, I don't, I didn't really know what to make of that in the moment. I think it was something that was just kind of on his mind. I don't think he thought he played very well in that Clippers game. 
Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that's just, it's just part of the game, but I'm, I'm not going to overanalyze that. But at the same time, I, I do think the quote is, is somewhat right. Like they, they need to have a trio. They don't need to have one guy. They need to have three guys all working in unison at the end of the games. That gives them the best chance to win. Do you feel like since Jaws returned, they figured out the rotations that they want? Because it does still feel like they're still kind of maybe a little experimenting going on, and you can kind of understand why. Like, they're trying to figure out as they head to the playoffs. Like, it's this weird in-between of, okay, they are still kind of in a fight for the standings, yet at the same time, they're trying to get ready for the playoffs. It seems to me like there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of uncertainty of, okay, it doesn't feel quite as set 1 through 10 as it did last year, like at this point. Yeah, I think that they're moving toward like playoff rotation minutes for guys. And so that's kind of why it's changing on a game by game basis is because they're, they are trying to ramp up a little bit. Of course, it's hard to ramp up when Jaren's in foul trouble. Right. Um, so I think that was, that's the reason it's sort of shifted around a little bit is because they're trying to get there. And I mean, it is, it is, I think close to set. I mean, we're, we're going to have to see what happens with Steven Adams. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've heard the same thing, but if you caught Mike Wallace before the game yesterday, uh, Grind City Media, he had mentioned, you know, Stephen Adams has an MRI coming up um, to check on the knee to see where it is to determine if he's going to be back on the court or not. And I, it's my understanding it's like kind of a very similar situation to the last time Stephen yeah. Adams was about to get back on the court. It was like, all right, last thing we got to do, we got to pass these imaging tests and get him back out there. He's, you know, been ramping up to this. Well, I mean, I just I don't want to jump the gun because everybody kind of seemed to think that uh, that Steve-O was going to be out there, and then the doctors looked at the knee and said no. So this time, <laughs> let's just let's just go in with zero expectations here and just say, all right, whatever whatever the knee gets looked at, whatever they determine is going to determine if he's back on the court or not. Um, but I do think that there's some optimism there that he could return to the court. So, um, you know, that's going to change things too. And, you know, I was in the middle of thinking about writing something for the newsletter this morning um, before this call. And, you know, Tillman is interesting to me because he's been pretty good. And his entire career, we kind of haven't even known exactly where where he falls most of the time among the Grizzlies bigs, like where he is in the pecking order. Because it's been so volatile, he's been in the G League, he's been a starter, like whatever. But right now, like even if Steven Adams does come back, like I think he's pretty set. Like he's he's firmly in the rotation at this point. Like he's going to play minutes. I think the only thing that could really change that would be like a matchup in the first round if the other teams going five out and you know they're trying to pull guys away from the basket. So um, I. I I think to me, like maybe maybe he is the biggest question. But as far as the rotations go, I think they're getting pretty close to what they're going to be. I think you're going to see a lot of Luke and Dez out there together. I think you're going to see a lot of Jaron and Tillman, um, and then you're going to see a lot of uh, Jaron at the five. I would guess uh, if they can pull that off and if he can stay out of foul trouble. How big of a loss do you think it's going to be when? I've I've always thought you're going to notice Brandon Clark's absence more in the playoffs than you would during the regular season. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think so. And I think maybe if that's 
that also is dependent on matchups, right? Like For if sure. they get the Lakers in the first round and that's a team I don't want the Grizzlies to play in the first round for a multitude of reasons. Um, but if they get the Lakers, like you, you saw that Jared Vanderbilt matchup last year with Minnesota. Um, and I just think that they, that's, that's a series where you could really use a guy like Brandon Clark and it's going to be harder with a more grounded player like Xavier Tillman, even though he's played well, um, so I think that matchup in particular, that like that's one I'm keeping my eye on where I think not having Brandon might hurt. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that you'll notice it more in the playoffs because, frankly, J- Brandon was so good last yeah. year in that series against Minnesota. And so you, you don't have that this season. And so, uh, yeah, I would agree with you there. If you could put truth serum on the Grizzlies, who do you think that they would want to avoid in the first round? Oh, I mean, I, you know, I've actually been listening. I thought Chris had a great podcast on this uh, with Matt Hardlicka, uh, and they were they ranked the yeah. the matchups they would least like to the matchups they would most like. And I disagree with them. Like for me, it is the Lakers, but for me, it's for several reasons. It's like one, they have dudes. The Lakers have dudes, like Anthony Davis and. LeBron James have been in this position feels like a hundred times by now. They've proven that they can be the best player on the floor in a playoff series. They have sort of the fortitude, I think, um, if Anthony Davis stays healthy for a whole playoff series, to battle with the Grizzlies inside and really kind of hurt them on the offensive glass, which they've kind of struggled with without Steven Adams. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what Steven's going to look like when he's back on the court. He's missed a ton of time. Um, and I don't know. That, the, that's just a scary matchup. You have to go across the country to play the games, um, which, you know, I don't think really matters for the Grizzlies. I don't think the home court matters or not. But it, it's going to be – there's going to be a, a hefty amount of Lakers fans inside FedEx Forum for every playoff game if it is indeed the Lakers. That's just the way that it goes. And so – for all those reasons, like I just don't think that the Lakers are a team Memphis would want to play in the first round just because they've been there before. They've got the guys that have done it. They've played pretty well as of late. But I, that's just not a team I would want Memphis to see. What about you, Jeffrey? Who's, your, who's, who's last on your list? I still I, – I know they had one of the worst losses. I'm still concerned about the Minnesota matchup because – I think what we can say is the biggest concern for me for the Grizzlies in a playoff series is Jaron staying on the floor. And when you've got a team with multiple bigs, and we, we kind of saw it yesterday where Jaron is having to make up. I feel like so many of Jaron's fouls are he's having to cover so much ground and make up for somebody that's you know giving up penetration early. I could just see that, that that's a series where he just stays in foul trouble. And to me, that's... That's the biggest concern. I don't have a big problem, though, when you lay it out of when you look at how Anthony Davis and LeBron are playing, are you really saying that you would, you'd rather play that than the Timberwolves? So I, I can hear that argument. I'm just more concerned that Minnesota is still a bad matchup for the Grizzlies, whereas I do think with, with the Lakers, you can turn the series into 
you're never going to like stop AD and stop LeBron, but they have a weaker supporting cast. I feel like than some of the other teams that they're that they're potentially matched up with. No, I think that's true. But I'll make this point too. If you think Jaron's going to be in foul trouble every game against Towns. He's probably going to be in foul trouble against He's AD. He's going to foul out yeah. in the first half against Anthony Davis. Well, I mean, we've the, seen the historically, Lakers to your point, throws, we've seen yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, the Lakers' free throw differential, too, is just, like, absurd this season. It's crazy. It's, like, one of the most bizarre stats you'll ever see. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think he, I think Jaron, that would be a tough matchup for Jaron, like, even if Steven Adams is available. And I do, I'll say this about Minnesota. Like, now that they do play Gobert, at least they have a grounded center that yeah. you can so now you can play Steven Adams in a series if yeah. he's healthy and able to go. So like that that's a a good thing. You know, you're not having Steven Adams try to chase around Jared Vanderbilt anymore. So um I I don't know. I just don't like that Lakers matchup for the Grizzlies for whatever reason. And truthfully for, for my own job, I would not like to fly across the country to crowded with tons of traffic, Los Angeles, back and forth a whole bunch of times for a playoff series. So I'd rather take somebody else. I think if I'm picking any team for them to play, I want it to be the the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm with you, yeah. New Orleans, New Orleans is a great city uh, to go visit, and that's a series I think the Grizzlies would win. Uh, Pelicans or, or Thunder. Thunder is a matchup, I think, that the Grizzlies, uh, they they could stick Dylan Brooks on. Shea Gil, just Alexander, and – I think that series would be over relatively quickly, but um, outside of that, you know, I, I think those are the those are probably the two best, and then we'll see what happens with the rest of the group. It's a tight race, and who knows what'll happen. Well, I mean, to your point, the the Lakers play the Lakers play Utah tomorrow night. Then on Wednesday, they've got the Clippers. Like they could flip. Like it, it could get to the point where the Lakers are basically either the five or the six by the end of the week. Like that's the other thing. Oh, it's I like, think that's likely. That's like who that's the heck likely. knows at this point. Yeah, no, I think that's likely. I, I was looking at that earlier today. Like, I mean, they, you'd expect that they're going to beat the Jazz, and then that's a huge game against the Clippers, and it's a basically a home game for the Lakers. And the Clippers are aren't healthy, while the Lakers yeah. aren't perfectly healthy, but they're you know they got their guys. They're healthier. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, that's just. I think that they have momentum at the right time. It's not the team I want. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.